And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hi, everybody. It is early Tuesday morning. I am at the 50 yard line of First Energy Stadium. I am Zach Jackson. I will be talking. To my partner Jason Lloyd, um, have not had a chance to really process what we just witnessed. Even if you're not listening until Wednesday or Thursday, maybe you haven't either. But just let me say, with all apologies, holy shit, that was an incredible <laughs> football game. I thought the Browns were out of it many times, Jason. They weren't, um, and obviously, just not a gut punch. Ten gut punches how it ends and 10 more. If you had the Browns plus three, (laughs) but honestly, as I sit here feeling like maybe I'm not going to make any sense at all because it's impossible to process this at an hour that is three hours past my normal bedtime. I honestly think you have to feel good. I think you have to feel good about the quarterback. I think you have to feel good about the team's guts, everything except the back seven, which you knew all along. If you've watched the Browns one time, you feel good about And so they don't want to be in the moral victory business and not being in that business is one thing that shows progress, but gosh, darn it. That was a moral victory. And this Browns team is a legit playoff football team. Let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with moral victories after where you've been for the last 20 years. No doubt. There's no, there's nothing wrong with moral victories after you had to watch Freddie kitchens on the sideline last year. The moral victories is part of the growth. It's part of the game. And I have no, because I'm the one that asked Kevin that question. I said, you know, this is a team that beat you 38 to six in week one. And look where you are now. What does that, what does that tell you? Does that show a a fair sign of growth? And he said, I don't want to do the moral victory game. And that's a great answer from him. But let's be honest. There is absolutely a thing about moral victories when you come from where this franchise was not that long ago to where they are now Uh, to, to match this team. You know, that was a Super Bowl contending team last year playing the MVP of the league, the reigning MVP of the league, that was a hell of a performance. Baker Mayfield showed me something these last couple of weeks. Uh, The way he played today, the way he played tonight, I thought they were throwing a little bit too much early on, but I thought he was making good decisions. And for them to hang in there and for him to come back after throwing the pick, that should have been game over. That should have been the game. Right. His, His pick, his almost pick six. And it wasn't. And you kept thinking, Man, the defense has to make a play. The defense has to make a play. No, they just needed Lamar Jackson to get an upset belly for a little bit because that's really – you know, if Lamar doesn't leave the game, the Ravens probably win this by two scores. They probably win this going away. But that was the opening they needed, and this team took advantage of it. Yeah. Um, right. The, the park you missed field goal is the very first play of the second quarter, if I remember correctly, right? Um, yep. Yep. So, really, through the start of the fourth quarter, the Ravens dominate. You know, um, Browns ran more plays, had more yards in the first half, but 
you know, Lamar's getting what he wants to get. They're just getting Gus Edwards going. Um, hell, Hollywood drops a couple. Lead, but yep. Both Hollywoods. Um, I mean, I'm talking about Hollywood Brown. Uh, drops a couple, leaves some points out there. But but the Ravens, you know, and, and really I, I did I agree. I think the Browns got a little too pass happy um, in the first half. Stefanski, after the game, to his credit, says the interception's on me. They should not have been throwing in that spot. Well, when that happens, for something to go in the third quarter, the Ravens have a 14-point lead. They've scored 34 points. They're rushing for eight or even 28 whenever they want to, right? And it just feels like it's over. And I I totally agree. I I just think that Baker, first of all, the Ravens are a really good defense, even when this personnel is not what their past personnel has been. And they were not the Tennessee Titans who allowed Baker to roll out and play action and do whatever he wanted. And he stood in there. He took the hits. He delivered the ball. Uh, They were a little shaky with ball security early. He kept coming back. Donovan Peoples-Jones is a keeper. He made plays. Higgins made plays. Kareem Hunt makes improbable plays. I mean, they line him up there. Receiver, they don't really have any other they don't have a fourth receiver on this team so Kareem Hunt does it and he jumps over people and then you know when he catches it he's a problem right so they get this real momentum and then Lamar has to go to the locker room Twitter's saying you know that he's shitting his brains out or whatever he's saying he's just cramping but this like all-time sequence breaks out and of course on the fourth down inside the two-minute warning they blow the coverage they lose Hollywood Brown I cannot believe Lamar even threw it because he was easily going to run for the first down. But, That's what I thought he was going to do, too. But yeah. the guy was so open, he just couldn't. And the ball hung in the air forever. And then, Jason, honestly, like, it might be – it might or might not be hyperbole for me to say I've been covering the Browns every year, but the very first year back, and this is the best game. But I can guarantee that even in 2007 and even in 2002, when this time of year, like, magic sprinkles hit this stadium – there was no team that was ever going four plays, 75 yards to answer the way they did. And it turns out that Kareem Hunt gets one yard too many and costs the Browns the game indirectly. Right? Yeah, I was actually saying that. I was watching the game at home and saying, man, they're, they're scoring too fast. There's still a minute left in a, in a timeout. And with the, the shape of the Browns' defense is in, yeah. you're leaving. T- and, and with the turbo leg on Justin Tucker, they, they don't need yeah. very much yardage. And he can win it for him, and that's exactly what happened. Well, hold that thought right there. Like in this game, and the, the, you know the Browns went for two, and it was an analytics play. It was a little bit. It felt a little bit like they just didn't trust Cody Parkey. That's but, what I thought it was. Yeah, I really did. I thought they were cutting Cody Parkey at that. But moment. my point is, like, you play these out, and you don't know. Obviously, like crazy things happen in this league, not just here. But you play these things out, thinking that they'll play to your strengths, right? And so one thing happens for the Browns, all of a sudden, after they get dominated in the middle two quarters, all of a sudden they're able to run the ball in the fourth quarter. And and like Kareem Hunt is fresh and they're gashing the Ravens. They're going right. The Ravens are running three and four guys in and out all the time. They're gasping for answers. But at the end, the Ravens know that their kicker is not human, so they can play it an exact certain way. Right. And they did it. And I guess my point of that goes to my whole point of like, the Browns were able to play their way. The Browns able to spread the ball around the different guys and not really have any fluke things happen. I mean, obviously Lamar leaving the game is is one of them, but you needed you hadn't got a stop in three hours and you got one, right? Um, you got one. 
you, I'm just saying, like, you being able to play your way and not be out of a game, like, I just think this is incredible and valuable experience, and I just think this team grew so much tonight and proved to its – it didn't beat the Ravens, and it's going to hang over some things. But but the evaluations are obvious. you got to get better in the back seven, right? And you're right freaking there, and it's been forever since you've been able to say that. Yeah, could we not kill Joe Woods until – you give him some actual players yeah. on the defensive side of the ball. I was a little bit confused that they didn't that they didn't spy Lamar more than they did, and maybe you can tell me why that was because the middle of the field was just wide open for him all the time. But look at who they started in the secondary: Mitchell Johnson, Sandejo, and Carl Joseph. Who are you going to stop with that secondary? Right. And, the, and the linebackers have been up and down all year. And you know, I've told you in the past where I, I've been impressed by a little bit of their play, and there's been some growth in that in that unit, no question. But when you're missing Denzel Ward, when you're missing Harrison, the secondary, you're going to get gashed. You're going to give up big plays. You know, like, I'm not going to kill this guy over schemes. Look who he's running out there. What did you expect was going to happen? No, I I, to- I totally agree. And, and, like, look, they're not an open field tackling team, right? So, like, not only does everybody struggle to keep up with Lamar Jackson because he's a video game, Right. And because he can cut back and just make anybody look silly, but it's a bad matchup. And really, like at the end, Mark Andrews does it, but he, Mark Andrews didn't burn you. Like your, your question about progress after the game is, is, is the valid one. Because in the first game, they just didn't bother to cover Mark Andrews. They weren't capable. Like he ran open all day long. And if the Browns had scored a few more touchdowns in that game, Mark Andrews would have set the record for most receptions by a player in a game. He was that wide open on every play. Like, yes, it's just a bad matchup. And the Browns don't have the defensive personnel, but the Browns have good offensive personnel. People's Jones out of nowhere. This is huge. This is huge. This is a growing year. When you have the offensive line, you're built to make it last. The Ravens have had injuries on theirs. They make do. They hung on. Lamar was freaking Superman, and this will live in Ravens lore. But I'm telling you, Jason, when we're talking in May and April and in June and July, like I'm going to point to this game. I really am. Is is the Browns. The Browns grew up, have grown up, are in the process of growing up, right? And, and, And because their secondary is so bad, the final record might show that they didn't beat Pittsburgh and they might have 11 wins and be 0-4 against the big boys in their division. And that, that'll be what it'll be. It means they're not there yet, right? It could mean they might finish in third place because they lost this game tonight. The, the Ravens have a cake schedule the rest of the way. But the gap has been closed significantly and the Browns are building something that can, can't. It hasn't yet. They haven't won shit yet. But it's something that can last. And I think everybody who watched this and who's watched this team consistently has to think that. Look at look at the progress they've made on the offensive side of the ball by signing Jack Conklin, Austin Hooper, and drafting Harrison Bryant. And look at the transformation on the offensive side of the ball. Now imagine when they focus in on the defensive side of the ball with this draft in, in free agent class. You know, I was talking to one of our editors tonight and said the, the, between the first three rounds of the draft and free agency, give me three defensive backs and two linebackers, and then let's see what this defense looks like next year. And I'm telling you, Zach, I would put this team up against any team in the AFC next year. You know, may, maybe they can't take top of the Chiefs in the playoffs, 
but I don't think there's another team in the AFC that you you would put on the field against the Browns and say, no, they don't have a chance to beat them. They can play with any team. And really, the AFC to me is better than the NFC, so I'll expand that to all of football. Yeah. Outside of the Chiefs, what team with one more you, – you expect one more terrific free agent class and one more if they really focus on the defensive side of the ball. Right. You look at the, the playoffs this year in the AFC. Yeah, they've lost the Ravens twice. Let's see what happens in Pittsburgh. I think they could – in a playoff game, I think they could beat Tennessee in a playoff game. They'd have to get some bounces to go their way, and they'd have to create some turnovers. But they've already won at Tennessee once. It, the AFC doesn't look as intimidating and daunting as it did maybe two months ago to me. Well, because because you you're closing the gap, and like yeah, nobody else in the AFC except the Titans runs the ball for anything. This is right. what the Browns do, right? In in like the last three weeks, in a variety of different circumstances. You've needed your quarterback, and he has delivered, right? Not perfection, but tremendous progress from the first half of the season. Tremendous progress. Why is that? Why do you think that it's – I'm glad you – because I wanted to get to Baker. We've, we've been talking yeah, about well, long enough. I, I think most importantly, you can look at real art, organic growth. A guy should be better in this system and all the change, right, in, in games 12 and 13 than he was in 3, 4, 6, and 7, right? But I think it's a confidence thing. I mean, Baker's a guy that shows you what he's thinking and feeling all the time, right? Um, I think it's a timing and rhythm thing. It's certainly a coaching thing. Uh, the script tonight, as it's been most of the year, was great. It got him confidence. But later, I saw a guy that Marcus Peters went down. He confidently hit Higgins. The first – Peoples-Jones makes a couple of big plays in the second half that bump his stats to what they were. But the first half throw along the sideline, I mean, that thing goes 50 yards in the air, and it's right yeah. there, and Peoples Jones catches it. Nobody else is catching that. I, I, you know, he's an inch from falling out of bounds. I mean, that's a big-time throw. I, I just think that most importantly, Jason, it, it is just comfort with his play caller, with his supporting cast, and with what, what they want to do, and, and I think that's the most important thing. As for the AFC, yes, if you don't come out of these last two weeks thinking that the Browns can play on January 17th, which is the divisional round, then you're crazy. Now that doesn't mean that they will. And it doesn't right. mean that they won't give up 40 points in the first half of the first playoff game because they might, <laughs> but it, it means that they can. Right. And if you get that far, you've had a chance. And on top of that, because they're not winning the Super Bowl this year for so many years, this team has been so desperate in the draft, in free agency, and then every year or every other year at most, it gets blown up. New scheme, new coaches, new guys, new saviors, right? Well, you're going to take this evaluation from tonight and last week's evaluation where you had the first half of the dreams and then had to hold on tight. And whatever happens in these next three games and three completely different challenges that are going to hold, and then you're going to the freaking playoffs as long as you win one of these last three, Jason, you're going to be able to evaluate your team and look at the Chiefs and look more specifically at the Ravens and Steelers and say, here's where we are, here's where we were, and here's what we need to do to beat those teams. It has been so long since the Browns could do that, and that is how you stay good. You get good other other ways, right? But that is how you, you stay good and get over the hump. Your guys get the experience, and the guys calling the shots look and say, we're never going to have the perfect roster. We're never going to have 50 healthy guys on December 14th. We're never going to have anybody that could really run with Lamar Jackson if he turns the corner. But here's how we prepare ourselves 
to be better against him. And so even, you know, with the good vibes tonight, it comes the disappointment and the reality that you're nowhere near prepared to keep Lamar Jackson in check. I mean, he did what he wanted and he had a Superman moment here tonight in a season where he's had very few of those. But I still can't. And if you disagree with me, that's fine. But I still can't help but coming out of here with good vibes about the Cleveland Browns. I don't. I, it, I told Marissa, super producer Marissa, when before we started this, it didn't even feel like a loss. Like that game was so much fun to watch, and it was so wildly entertaining. It was over. It's like, yeah, okay, oh well, no problem. Browns are still going to the playoffs in my mind. So what was really lost here? Not a whole lot. Um, and when you mention about how what they have to do to beat the Ravens, I think that's a great point. I think if you look at the teams that beat them, who's beat them this year? The Steelers have beat them twice. They've got big, fast, athletic, strong linebackers. They draft a linebacker in the first round every year. Bill Belichick beats them because he, he's Bill Belichick and he can outscheme anybody. The Chiefs beat him because they're the best team in the AFC. To me, the, the, you know, the Chiefs are maybe the anomaly, but give me some big, fast, strong linebackers and you got a little bit better of a chance to beat, to beat Baltimore. Am I right or wrong? Oh, for sure. I mean, you know, the first game, you just weren't prepared to play Baltimore and it really wasn't no. anybody's fault, right? Right. But now you can sit here. You had a whole week extra time to get ready for them. And then you had a four hour crazy ass game through all sorts of circumstances where you can evaluate every situation and you can say, you know, um, yeah, it's exhausting. And and listen, my first thought is the Browns are going to put themselves in a 10 or 14 point hole next week, because this is, I know a little bit about hangovers and there, this is going to be a hell of a hangover. Okay. Yeah. Um, And and the Browns now have more pressure on them because they didn't, they were on the doorstep and they didn't kick the door in. They didn't end the Ravens. You know, um, we'll see where they are physically, but Sandejo got absolutely trucked there. Yes, concussion. he did. Uh, for a concussion now. You know, Ronnie, we know Ronnie Harrison's out. So now it's, it's red wine full time instead of just every now and again. So you're a play away from having to play Tedrick Thompson, who's been cut by two teams this year and just showed up like last Thursday here. So yeah, you got you got major concerns. You don't know what the weather will or won't be um, in New Jersey at, at eight twenty uh, on the night of December twentieth. So yeah, um, we'll see. In 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 this league, your feeling every single week is different than the previous one. Everybody wanted to have a parade after last week, and that was a huge win for the Browns. And everybody who was in this stadium tonight has to feel gut punched. But I'm just saying, I just think, and you agree, that it's great progress. You're building some strengths. You have some clear flaws. You're a fun team to watch. That That's progress. You've got some really good players. That's certainly progress. And you've seen these guys in a variety of circumstances. And they're in a playoff race and losing a game, a major league game, didn't cost them. It didn't. They, they just need to go deliver their A game again. The next time it'll go their way and they'll, and they'll clinch a playoff spot. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24 7 US based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Watching the first half of that game, uh, it felt to me like the first time in a really long time where I sat there and thought, they really miss Odell right now. Like This was a game where it felt to me like they missed Odell early on because the receivers could get zero separation. The Ravens were playing tight man coverage and the Browns receivers just couldn't make a play. And it just felt like this is a game where just give the ball to 13 and he's going to go make a play. And so I'm about to talk out of both sides of my mouth because on one side, it felt to me, like I said, at least in the first half, that was really where they missed Odell. Yet at the same time, I don't think he's going to be back next year because of the growth of Donovan Peoples-Jones, like you mentioned, free agency, whatever else. I think he's got a really big number and coming off a really bad injury. So I don't think Odell's back next year. I wonder what you think about that. And secondly, what changed in the second half? Why were they able to make some throws? Why was Baker able to complete some throws in the second half that just weren't there in the first half? Well, I would say that's super complicated because almost all of Odell's money is guaranteed um, for next year all but 3 million of it as soon as the league year starts and you uh-huh. can't cut him when he's injured. I mean, you got to pay it to him either way. Right. Right. And no one's going to trade for him. So you add that, that neither he nor Landry is getting any younger. Um, Higgins isn't much younger than them, but he's headed for free agency. You know, people's Jones is clearly getting better every week. Are you ready for him to be your one a, or even your number two? You know, I, I don't, I don't know. I don't know how you handle that. I just know it's going to be complicated as hell. Um, I totally agree with you that they that they miss him. I totally agree with you that the Ravens play a certain way. And I watched specifically late in the first half how they started to exert their will, and it looked like vintage Ravens defense. And again, credit the Brown. Did I don't think Baker got sacked once in the second half. He should have been uh, about ten times. Yeah, yeah. No, it wasn't right. twice. Can, it wasn't twice. If it, yeah. you know, um, he hung in there, man. Like yeah. six weeks ago, he was bailing on the. He, he had a clean uh, – even when it was a clean yes. pocket, he was bailing. He would have been on the run a lot six weeks ago. And he hung in there tonight, took some hits, and made some big boy throws. Yeah, no, I mean, right away I noticed. And that's what the Browns do in this offense. They move the pocket, right? It's it's based off the of play action, but it plays to Baker's strengths. And his strength, as we all know, is not pocket presence. It's not five-step drop, stand there, and rip it. And the Ravens were ready for that because they're a super well-coached team and they have – really good veteran players and they kept getting to him and he, he was not letting them finish the play. 
over and over and over again. So, yeah, I mean, what happens at receiver, Jason? I don't know. Um, you know, you, you have Olivia Vernon headed for free agency. You have Larry Ogunjobi headed for free agency. Sheldon Richardson makes almost as much as Landry and Beckham are supposed to make next year. Like, this is not easy. To how, how you're going to sort this out, who you're going to pay and whose feelings are going to get hurt while you go and who you're going to commit to. Right. But like these are in the big picture, these are good decisions to have to make. And, you know, I thought the Browns winning tonight, obviously everybody's stunned. It was 47, 42, but my, my thought of this being a close wild game that maybe came down to Justin Tucker doing what he did at the end was like 21, 20 or 24, 21. Because I thought the Ravens' offensive line is reeling to the point that the Browns' D-line would take over. And they did sack Lamar early, but then other times they were just helpless. And I totally agree with you that it goes to Jimmys and Joes more than X's and O's. Um, They just don't have the personnel to keep up. You know, the the Browns in the kicking game left some points on the board. The Ravens with some drops left some points on the board. And then it gets crazy at the end. And, and again, I I just come back to... Those guys did make play. They did get off the man coverage. Obviously, Marcus Peters getting hurt helped that. They did make plays. The quarterback kept the poise. The coach kept the poise. Kareem Hunt kept doing. I mean, just bouncing off guys, running through guys, and then yeah. you know, reaching over his shoulder, catching balls, and running after the catch. Like, yeah, incredible stuff. Um, yeah, like I said, I'm impressed by the Cleveland Browns. I think we know who they are, and I think you have to be encouraged by by who that by what that is. I'm with you. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady. Live only on Netflix. Full steam ahead, man. I'm curious to see. I'm anxious to see these last few weeks. Uh, I think if they win the next two, they're in, no doubt. And I'm anxious to see what comes after. All right, two two last things, and we'll, and we'll get to this. But I think you share with me the worry that they're going to come out flat as hell next week. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I don't think that's certainly Giants, something to keep an eye on. Everyone looks at the Giants and says, oh, it's the NFC East. The NFC East sucks. I haven't seen a ton of the Giants this year, but I don't think they're as bad as everyone may assume that they are because they play in the NFC East. And they yeah. and they need the game. Like this is their they dropped a game to Washington yesterday, so yeah. they cannot lose. And they're at home on national TV too, and they haven't got many chances. I mean, NFC East teams generally get more exposure because the old school TV thought is that's who it is, and you can put Dallas at four twenty five and at eight twenty five and all that shit. But the NFL bumped the Cowboys and Niners off this for, for obvious reasons, but it still wasn't a lock to a lot of people uh, to get them on there. And then the last thing, you're not a hardened gambler like I am. Were you even thinking about the laterals and the possible outcome on that play with three seconds left? No, not until I saw Twitter. When I saw the line was like three and a half, three to three and a half. That was stunning. And I think you're going to have a homework assignment. I think our, place wants you to do a story on that and the cover and all that and for the, for the morning. Uh, but that was absolutely stunning. My heart goes out to the gamblers who lost on that. Congratulations to those who won on it because I never in a million years would imagine that that play would have the impact 
and ramifications that it obviously did. So the line opened, and, and this is a crazy situation because the Ravens didn't play till like Tuesday night, right? Yeah. So the Browns play last Sunday. Well, by the time I even get back in my hotel, the line was up for Browns Ravens, and it was Ravens minus one. And I thought to myself, that's about what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, I actually was a, maybe a little bit surprised it wasn't Browns favorite, and then it was probably Friday or Saturday that it jumped up to three. And the more I thought about it, it made sense. You know, the Ravens were the more desperate team tonight. They're clearly the more seasoned team in this spot. But the yep. Browns have played the best in its COVID circumstances for much of it. But the Browns have played the best in this division for a month now, Jason. We all know that, right? And they're, yep. they're at yep. home. So I, I got it. it I thought it was right. I didn't have any quibbles. I didn't have any strong feeling, right? Like I said, I know the Ravens are much more prepared from a historic standpoint and maybe from a maturity standpoint, but the Browns are playing well. Three sounds right. I wouldn't touch it. It it did, from what I understand, go to three and a half, but there the Tucker field goal makes it three. So at worst case, if you waited and bet the Browns, you're pushing, which you're so exhausted from that. Either way, right? Whether you got 10 cents on it or, or a thousand times that, you're exhausted. If you have three and a half, you still won and you thought, oh my God, what a genius I am for buying that hook. And yep. then you start seeing the laterals. <laughs> and just a couple Saturdays ago, I saw some laterals. And you saw it tonight. And I saw one at the 12 yard line. And I saw Higgins running backwards. And I thought there's only one way. This could end. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and like God. I said, I was watching it with zero dollars of my own on it. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh. I know I had one friend who, in the text message, congratulated himself for buying it to three and a half. Oh man! Yeah. Wow. He's up yeah, listening was, to this podcast. <laughs> that was something, man. That that yeah. that was something. Anyway, um, Browns fans, thank you for listening. Thank you for reading and for whatever quibbles you might have with how we presented it or with how little things went or with not winning the game or with the laterals costing you your lunch money. (laughs) Understand that this team is building something. The Browns have not arrived anywhere yet, but they're back in the relevant living, breathing competitive NFL. And for a lot of reasons, people don't want to see them. People don't want to play them. I would not want to play this team right now. That's huge progress. Huge. We'll see where it goes. The Hangover Limbs. Talk to you soon.